Well, yeah, I mean, Monk's regular season average is 85% from the line, but then he was trending downward in the last 10 games. He was only shooting 77%. So when you put it that way, it's like, okay, maybe uh, going six for 10 was plausible, uh, but it's still upsetting. And, and But then again, you know, without him, they wouldn't have been in that position. Yeah, I'm not really worried um, about Keegan. Um, I do try to give him grace because it's literally his second year and he's just gotten progressively better as well. Um, But yeah, I think he would be part of that big four. I will say I would like to see Domas in crunch time to be a little more selfish. Yeah, I would like to see him also shoot maybe like two threes a game, two to three threes a game. That's what we've been waiting to see. And there is pandemonium at Arco. For the time, got it. Down. It was like that motherfucking beam. Welcome to the beam unit. It's daily, along with my co-pilots, Liz and Naima. What's going on? What's, What's up? up, y'all? We are recording in the studio uh, one day after the Kings lose in overtime. To the Bucks, one forty three, one forty two, unfortunately. But uh, we'll recap like we usually do. So here we go. First quarter, Fox and Domas go to their two man game for an easy layup for Domas. HB and Domas hit threes. Fox scores twelve straight points. Monk hits a three. Kings up thirty seven, thirty two at the end of the quarter. Second quarter, Trey Lyles and Kevin Herter hit threes. HB hits a nice baseline turnaround. J. Keegan blocks Dame. Monk gets a floater to go over Brooke Lopez. And at one point, Monk tried to dunk over uh, Brooke Lopez, which was actually a theme of the game. Uh, but the Bucks were ahead to 68-66 to end the half. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought the first the first half, I thought uh, the first quarter especially, I felt like we were being aggressive really early. Um, I noticed our offense kind of had a different flow to it. Uh, I felt like they kind of talked about it during the pregame with, uh, you know, Kyle, Katie, um, you know, even Matt Barnes on the, you know, pregame show. Basically, they need to get downhill, you know, because the Bucks' defense, like perimeter-wise, isn't great anymore with losing Drew Holiday. Um, so get downhill, and then you can go out to those spray threes and things like that. So I kind of thought they were executing that um, pretty well the first half and getting some really good open shots. I thought Kevin Herter looked really good um, that first half. Uh, Fox obviously looked really good. I thought Domas kind of got off to a small start, but he was still contributing in other ways. Um, he almost had a triple-double in the first half, uh, you know, so that was nice to see. But um, Harrison Barnes had a good couple shots. I like Trey Lyle's minutes. Um, Alex Lynn definitely. It was an interesting lineup. They put Alex Lynn and Sabonis out there at one point. I thought that was definitely really interesting. Um, I do like what Alex Lynn brings on the defensive end, even though he kind of drew, like, I believe it was like three quick fouls. Uh, but yeah, definitely a, a great first half. Um, you know, I thought they came out with a lot more energy and I uh, was happy to see that only down by two and a half. Absolutely. I think it was probably out of the top teams uh, the Kings played. I think it was the best first half we played against um, top teams and everything. I really like what I saw from everybody. Um, and I like you mentioned, Liz, like that was such an interesting lineup when they put Alex Len in there, like having two bigs on the floor like that. But I like Len, he does a really like good job on the defensive end, and I think that from 
here on fourth, I hope that he plays more minutes because I was looking at some stats and it looked like we had a better defensive rating. Of course, it's like a small sample size with Len on the floor as well. So it, it was good to see that from our bench. Um, can't really complain. We are only down two points at the half. Um, I felt like free throws were a bit, you know, favoring the Bucks. When does it ever really favor the Kings? But um, other than that, I think the offense was just flowing really well. And there was nothing um, too bad to say for that first half. No, I, I love how they responded in the first half, especially mm -hmm. that first quarter, um, which they won. I mean, considering how they put in the last game uh, versus the Sixers, it was just nice to see them look like themselves again. So I was really happy about that. Um, and then overall, and I know we're not there yet, but I still feel good about this game just because they look like the team that we all know they can be. Um, so third quarter, Herter hits a three. Keegan goes out due to right hip irritation. Stasha comes in. He hits two cutting layups. Also, he deters a Giannis driving layup. Monk hits a three. Bucks up four, 95-91. Fourth quarter, Mike Brown goes crazy on a ref and gets ejected, uh, which we all saw go viral with this post-game uh, presser with nine minutes to go. Uh, and I'm wondering to myself, is this going to be like the Raptors game last year? Enter Coach Jordy Fernandez. Um, I was hoping that would be the case. Herter hits two threes. However, Bucks go up by nine. Campaign hits two threes back-to-back. Kings down five with two minutes to go. Flock hits a floater. Flock hits a floater. Kings down three. Monk gets fouled on a drive and hits two free throws. Kings tie it up, and we go to overtime. And I loved how the Kings scored three straight buckets. I was feeling good. Uh, Fox got a steal on Dame and made a layup. And then Dame hits a three. And Kings were up three with about two minutes to go. Uh, mystery foul above the three-point line when uh, Kevin Herter fouled Dame. So he got three free throws. Of course, he's going to hit those. Bucks then take the lead, 137-136. Herter, uh, who seems like he got a stroke back, hits a three. Kings were still up two. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Malik Monk misses two free throws. Um, and then the Kings were up two. And then we all know what happened. Everybody knows what happened. Dame time happens. And the Kings lose 143-142. Yeah, that was a heartbreaker. Um, I mean, with how well they played, uh, especially, you know, being down at 12 at one point in the fourth quarter, um, you know, kind of rallying behind, you know, Mike Brown getting ejected. Um, the refs were absolutely atrocious. Uh, we have to hit our free throws. I mean, that's what it basically came down to. But you can't tell me. I mean, the the overturned call on the Brooke Lopez foul on Malik Monk, I, I don't understand because Sabonis – does that same exact thing all the time where he has his forearm resting and then he has one hand up and he get, that's a call every time. But for some reason, all of a sudden, that's not a foul. I mean, I don't know how that it came about, like where the discussion was, but that's a foul every time. You, ha you have to be vertical. One, he was not vertical. His hand was literally like on his shoulder. That's contact right there. So, I mean, that was just atrocious. So I think... It benefited the team for Mike Brown to get ejected and do what he did. It kind of lit a fire under their butts and, you know, kind of was the same situation that they had in Toronto last year. Um, but unfortunately, you know, they ended up losing the game last night. But I love the fight. I love seeing Kevin Herter get going again. I mean, he was kind of doing it from all over. 
uh, hitting some, you know, buckets around, you know, the bucket and then hitting the threes. Uh, Malik Monk just continues to do what he does off the bench. I mean, it's just such a spark. Uh, Trey Lyles obviously, you know, provided really great minutes with Keegan being out. Um, and I like to, I mean, I, I, this has kind of been talked about on, you know, the timeline a little bit after the game, but I do like how they kind of stuck to like an eight man rotation. It was a, a very tight knit, um, you know, 10 man rotation. I mean, we didn't see, you know, I, I do love Keon Ellis, but we didn't see any Keon Ellis or we didn't see any Davion Mitchell. Um, you know, they kind of stuck to a shorter rotation. So I do kind of like that for that type of game. Um, and then we saw the, obviously the Alex Lennon's a bonus lineup as well, but yeah, just a heartbreaking loss, but it is Dame. He's going to do those things. Unfortunately, um, I kind of knew it from the minute when he got that ball going downhill, uh, that he was going to hit that. And as soon as it went up in the air, I, I knew it was good. Um, but Hey, that's a loss I'll live with anytime. Cause if you're fighting like that to the end and, you know, not getting blown out and the game's basically being decided, you know, after halftime, um, I'll take a loss like that, but yeah, just a heartbreaker to lose that way. But it looked like the old Kings team from last year, just the fight, um, the defense that they were playing, um, just the effort all around. So I'm I'm actually satisfied with that kind of, kind of loss. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's not much else to say. Liz said it perfectly. Uh, it's hard to say it's a like loss that you're not, you don't hate and you can live with uh, when it was literally a buzzer beater <laughs> on a three-point shot by Dame. But I just really like how we, you know, when I think the Kings were down by like 12 points when uh, Brown, Mike Brown got ejected, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was around that point. I don't know what, at what minute mark he exactly got ejected, but I know we were down by like double digits. And then after he got ejected, like it was, it did a lit a fire up their butts and it actually made them like, you know, tie the game, you know, got the game way closer and everything. Cause at that point I'm like, mm, we're probably going to lose this game by double digits and they're, the bucks are going to go on a bigger run, but no, they actually, you know, Kevin Herter started hitting some, some shots. Malik did as well. De'Aaron started to um, play well in the fourth, uh, which was nice to see and everything. Um, but in the end uh, it was a loss and everything, but I did like, uh, I did like how uh, they competed. And I love to see that, um, that, like you said, it looked like the Kings uh, team from last year that showed like a different type of effort and everything. So not upset with the loss. Hopefully tomorrow they can uh, go out there and win against the Suns. We have beat them already twice. So uh, we'll see, we'll see how they respond after, after a, you know, a tough one to swallow. So full disclosure, I've been really hard on Kevin Hurd. Um, I really have. And so it was just nice to see him mm-hmm. get a double in this game so even if he didn't hit six threes you know he got 10 rebounds uh and he did so many other things uh, i think w- the main thing about him is that the way he passes uh his processing when he's doing short roll passes um he's really quick at, at making those decisions which i love and then it was just so nice to see clutch variant red velvet uh come out of the woodwork and hit those key shots for us. Uh, they were huge because I feel like, you know, I do believe in the basketball gods. You only have a certain amount of big time shots you can make in a game. Uh, sometimes you're on a heater. Sometimes it's almost unlimited, but there are only so much that Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox could do uh, in crunch time. So it was nice to see someone else um, fill those blank spots for us late in the game. 
give me a triple double from Domas anytime. And it's just baffling to me that he has this performance against the combination of Giannis and Brooke Lopez, but then he kind of, in a way, fell flat against Paul Reed and Mo Bamba. I think nine times out of ten, uh, people will tell you that Brooke Lopez and Giannis are definitely the better duo, the more formidable duo to go up against. But yeah, I, I think it just happens when you're on the road. Maybe they were a little more tired in Philadelphia uh, than they were in Milwaukee. Um, who knows? Maybe it was like the flight schedule where they didn't get as much rest. But yeah, I thought that was strange. But yeah, I love how our stars looked just as much the part as Milwaukee stars did. Um, De'Aaron had 32 points. Uh, very inefficient, just like Dame. It just so happened that Milwaukee won. So. Yeah, I'll take this uh, performance anytime, uh, despite the loss. I do have one criticism, and I know you both are going to agree with me, but free throws, man. That has been just our kryptonite. Like, and it finally, what are we, like, last in the league in free throw? I believe we are. Percentage. And it finally, like, bit us in the ass because, like, we ended up losing because of missed free throws and everything. And, like, someone I saw on the timelines or someone mentioned it, it was like, yeah, you're going to complain for these fouls only to miss the free throws, <laughs> which is a funny thing to say. Cause like you're it's, it's a foul, but it's like, are you going to make these free throws in the end? So I don't know. That's just one area that the Kings, and I know they know, I know Mike Brown knows, I know he's, you know, tripping on them saying like, you know, these free throws, they're free. Like, this is how you get easy points. You, you can't be missing um, especially lot, um, late in the game. So that's like the one criticism I have for that for the game well i think too um like i think the more like i don't know how to say it, like not upsetting but like kind of just mind-blowing is the fact that malik monk missed four free throws like in the game as a whole because he's our best free throw shooter i believe like, percentage wise and i think to start the season like he was literally on a streak of like it was like either 28 or 32 free throws made in a row or something so, like, he's very a very, very good free throw shooter. shooter. So, like, De'Aaron Fox, when he misses, I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm not surprised because, you know, De'Aaron Fox, you know, we know is not the greatest free throw shooter. He's getting better, I think. But Malik Monk missing, I think, those two back-to-back. -back, well, he missed four, so he missed two sets back-to-back. -back, was just, like, mind-blowing to me. I'm like, this is Malik Monk. Like, what? Like, so I was just, I was bummed to see that happen. Um but again, like I, I like the effort. Uh, I think it was nice because I remember Katie saying on the broadcast that the decisions that they were making um, throughout the game were very, like much quicker. Uh, they weren't, you know, like kind of up in the air and like, you know, undecisive with their where they were going with the ball. Like they kind of knew where they were going. Uh, you know, they had like the game plan and they, I think, executed it very well. Uh, but yeah, in that Philadelphia, you know, game, they were getting caught up in the air too much, throwing it away. I mean, there was just so many silly turnovers in that game. So um, just happy to see them bounce back like that. But obviously it sucks that they lost. Well, yeah, I mean, Monk's regular season average is 85% from the line. But then he was trending downward in the last 10 games. He was only shooting 77%. So when you put it that way, it's like, okay, maybe uh, going 6 for 10 was plausible. Uh, but it's still upsetting. And and But then again, you know, without him, they wouldn't have been in that position. So it's, yeah, I understand when fans are upset at him, 
uh, for missing those two free throws. But again, the Kings would not even be there in the first place uh, if it wasn't for his uh, play throughout the game. So it I is. Do, yeah, not sorry, not to interrupt me daily, but uh, I do like his accountability when he like tweeted like, hey, that's my fault. Like I should have made those like it's very refreshing to see from like Kings players like accountability. I feel like that's what we've been missing for, for like the Kings, just, you know, the culture and the organization and everything, just like accountability has been missing. So whenever I, I know he did that a few times last year as well. So it was just nice to see like a Kings player actually like go like, Hey, this is on me. I'm, I'm going to do better. Like, um, I don't know. It's just nice to like have someone actually give sack, like what sack fans, what we want, like Kings fans, what we want after <laughs> all these years. So so moving forward, though, when you think about who our big three is, and we are going to go with our uh, big three from last year, which would be uh, Domas, Fox, and Monk, I feel like I feel confident going forward. Like during the playoffs, they're going to perform well for us. They're going to be our bread and butter. Um, and, and I feel like Keegan, when he's on, he's going to be a major impact. I don't know when he's going to be on or how often in a seven-game series he's going to go off. I, I think in a seven-game series, with any matchup, he's going to have a few games where he's he's kind of like not very impactful. That's just how I see it. That's how he's been all season. Uh, one game, you know, he'll go off and he'll have 20 points, and then the next game uh, he might only have seven. So what do you guys think? What can you expect, do you think? Yeah, I would say, you know, probably the same. Um, I would think as long as he's contributing in some way and he's not having to basically be benched um, because he's affecting the team in a negative way. I mean, if he's not scoring a bunch of points, but if he's out there rebounding and then, I mean, if he could play defense um, come playoff time, you know, kind of the way he's been playing defense all season and even better, because I think he can get better throughout the season. Definitely. um, Then I'm okay with him, you know, not scoring effectively, but then if he can, come back and, you know, drop you a 20 piece or whatever, maybe even a 30 piece, then like, Hey, that's even, you know, better. So I expect that. And especially out of a year two player, um, you know, you're going to have those highs and lows. Um, it's all part of the journey kind of thing. Uh, and I think even last year, I mean, he kind of had the same in the, you know, that warrior series at like the first couple games. I mean, he just did not look comfortable out there. It looked like the game was just kind of too fast for him, but then it came to him and he got going, um, you know, the last four games. So, yeah, I definitely think that we'll, um, you know, we'll see that, you know, come playoff time again. Yeah, I'm not really worried um, about Keegan. Um, I do try to give him grace because it's literally his second year in the league and everything. And I do believe um, last year in the playoffs and everything, um, it might been because he's a rookie and he was just nervous uh, for the moment. So he would he wasn't performing as also well. when we go into the playoffs and <clears throat> he's starting, I think he's just going to play much better, especially his defense. Like Liz said is like much, much better than last year. And he's just gotten progressively better as well. Um, but yeah, I think he would be part of that big four. Like the Kings, I don't think are going to go too far. Um, if that, if another player um, doesn't step up, we're probably just going to, you know, crash out in the first round. Um, but yeah, um, if we, if we have all everyone simultaneously playing well in harmony and everything, I think we can go far, but it's all like, you know, it's all hypothetical. You can't really say 
um, what's going to happen. Um, but you can only hope that everyone shows up and, you know, we play well against whoever our first round opponent is. Hopefully we actually do clinch a playoff spot, not a play in spot. So, yeah, I, I think it really depends on the matchup mm-hmm. as far as how far we go. I, I'm confident that we could get past the first round. Uh, in the best case scenario, mm-hmm. uh, if we're not playing the Pelicans, I, for whatever reason, that would be a tough out um, for the Kings if they played in the first round. But, you know, if they got a hold of the Thunder or the Mavs, uh, Suns, you know, teams like that, mm-hmm. I think uh, the Kings will be fine. But, yeah, it, it'll be tough. And, and so that brings me to our trade wish list and we're talking about reasonable players yeah we would all want oh yeah uh jabari smith or paolo we're not going to do that we're going to do uh players that you've heard are on the trading block or teams are considering trading um do you guys have a wish list maybe two or three I mean, what I've heard, uh, been hearing, like, the typical, like, a Kyle Kuzma or a Jeremy Grant, like, that would be really nice. I know, I don't really know how contracts work in the NBA, but I do think it's, like, a more, like, a uh, Siakam thing with Jeremy Grant. Like, his, I think his, um, what is it called, contract is pretty big and everything, so taking it on, we might have to trade more players than we want to. But I would like to see maybe, I mean, over, um, during the offseason, I did... I did want to see Kyle Kuzma, but then he signed with um, Washington. Washington, I believe he signed with them, or he just had a contract with them already. Um, but yeah, those two I think are the most realistic ones, like what we can get um, and who to trade. Like I feel like if anything, it's probably going to be like someone like HB, like Davion, Kevin, something like that. I think that's what we're going to offer because I don't, I don't think. And I hope we don't offer Keegan at all. That's just, let's not <laughs> do that. He has too much potential for anything like that. But yeah, like a Jeremy Grant or a Kyle Kuzma, more so a Jeremy Grant. Because um, I like the way he plays. And I think he's a better defender, a wing defender than Kyle Kuzma. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, for for some reason, I would think, you know, people were saying, oh, you could have got Kyle Kuzma in the offseason, da-da-da. Well, I mean, you got to want to play in Sacramento. And I think, you know, obviously Kyle Kuzma was going to get more money where he is in Washington than he was going to get from Sacramento. So that's an easy choice for him to make, you know, to stay in Washington. Um, but I think if you could get Kuzma and if you could somehow include um, Tyus Jones in that deal, I would absolutely love that because I really love Tyus Jones. Um, I think that would solidify kind of our backup uh, guard situation, Um, even though I do love Keon Ellis, but I just think Tyus Jones is a more established player in the NBA. Um, Or I do like the thought of, you know, Jeremy Grant, if somehow you can also include Matisse Heibel in that situation, I think that would help our defense out tremendously. And he has been shooting, um, I believe, 40% from three this season. So that would definitely help out as well, because you probably have to include, you know, like Kevin Herter and stuff in that trade. Um, and now I've been hearing uh, Clint Capella is an interesting one that I've kind of been hearing out of Atlanta because it sounds like they might, um, you know, blow it up a little bit over there, uh, which would be interesting to me because if they do get Clint Capella, then, you know, you probably would move, you know, Sabonis to the four 
and then you know um, Clint, Clint Capella to the you know five, which would be kind of interesting to see how that offense would work um, because I feel like Domas needs to be you know kind of moved around in the low post, up on the high post, uh, things like that. So I think those would be the more realistic trades. Um, you know, I don't think Monty's going to do anything swinging for the fences, but I think those trades would definitely uh, help this team out in you know tremendous ways. As far as trade restrictions being lifted from players, I've always liked PJ Washington, and which is really weird because I feel like there's a whole segment of, of basketball fans that do not like PJ Washington. But in the idea of of he's an instant offense type of player, he's a bucket, which is what I think we need. Uh, when the going gets tough, when Keegan goes cold, when they're doubling and tripling and digging down on Domas, uh, when De'Aaron's off or Monk is off, it would just be nice to have another player uh, to just dump in the paint and, and just have him get a bucket for you. Uh, he's mid-range. He could shoot the three. Uh, he does everything. Defensively, yeah, probably just above average, but he would be great. Um, and I'm also a, a Kyle Kuzma truther as well. And, and people have argued with me where I've said, well, I would rather have Kyle Kuzma than Harrison Barnes. But it's like when you think about it in the playoffs, there are those times when everything breaks down, the game gets stuck in the mud, and you just need players that could possibly give you 30 for no reason. And I feel like Kyle Kuzma is more likely to do that than a Harrison Barnes. And yeah, there are statistical nerds, a.k.a. analytical whores, who will tell you, well, you know, Harrison Barnes is so good at, at getting free throws and going to the line, but it's like if he's the fourth or fifth option, he's not going to do that so much. He hasn't done that a lot this year where he gets to the line and gives you a gate, uh, a guaranteed eight free throw attempts. He doesn't do that anymore. Uh, that's just not the offense. So give me somebody who could get you a bucket and, and could possibly just drop 25 because he can, um, and that would be Kyle Kuzma. Um, and so there are other people, uh, that people have mentioned, I uh, wouldn't mind any of the bulls Caruso, of course, easy pick. I know Kobe white, the restrictions have been lifted on him, but we don't need another guard. I feel so. Yeah, those are mine. Um, moving on though, for the rest of January, any personal favorites that you guys feel like are must see, uh, must watch games. Um, let me go down the list. We have the Suns on Tuesday, and then the Pacers without Tyrese, uh, the Hawks at home, and then we have a, a road tr- trip with the Warriors, the Mavs, the Grizz, and then the Miami Heat. Yeah, I would say, obviously, the Warriors game, you know, because that's always, uh, you know, I mean, we beat them in that last in-season, you know, tournament game. They're on a downward spiral, it seems, but against us, they, you know, come back and are like the, you know, fucking Bulls team that like the greatest ever. It's crazy to me. Um, so that's always, you know, must see TV when we play the Warriors. Uh, definitely the Mavericks, um, because, you know, depending on if by then they make a trade because there's talks of them, you know, possibly getting Pascal Siakam, seeing what they might have to give up, um, because I feel like they had to give up a lot of their defense when they got Kyrie Irving. Uh, but they've been, you know, I think that Luca and Kyrie has been working pretty decently with them. So I love always playing the Mavs. And then I think too the, the Miami heat, um, you know, everyone kind of, you know, was questioning them after their, you know, finals loss, um, you know, things like that, losing a bunch of their, you know, some of their veterans, um, you know, how they were going to be, but 
they're still performing very well. And, you know, shout out to Eric Spolstra for getting that new contract. Um, always been a fan of him and the Miami Heat. I uh, just love what they do over there in that culture because they continue to win. Um, so that's definitely a game uh, that I'm excited for as well um, for the month of January. And they continue to win with uh, UDFAs. <laughs> a lot yeah. of names that nobody knows. And I'm sorry to go ahead of you, uh, Naima. I just want to say, just because you mentioned Miami Heat, uh, I just definitely want to see Jaime Hawkins Jr. Uh, play against the team. We all know I'm a UCLA mark. And uh, just to see how he does against our Kings, hopefully his groin injury is healed up by then. So that would be the main reason why I want to see the Miami Heat play. Um, but Naima, go ahead with yours. You're good, Daly. Yeah. Um, I do. It's nice for them to c- come back after a like long road trip on Tuesday to play against Indiana on Thursday. So that will be interesting. Um, it's always funny to have Buddy back in um, Golden One Center because people just boo the hell out of him. And yeah, I just I find it hilarious. Um uh, but like Liz said, it's kind of the most obvious one. I think the must see game is the Warriors. It's always like, you know, a battle whenever we play them. It's always like, you know, people come out to watch and everything and just um, but yeah, I think that's about it. It's not it would be cool to see Dallas, the Dallas game as well. Um seems like Kyrie always goes off on us when he plays and it's just really cool watching him as well as Luca and everything you know they're both um amazing guards and <clears throat> I the one thing I wanted to say was though how many games is it from tomorrow one two three four five six about seven games like three four or five of them like we should be winning and two of them was just like a toss-up um but like taking care of business against um teams like Memphis with like you know they're a lot of their players miss missing like Bane and and Jaw, and I believe Marcus Smart. So just like taking care of business during um, these games and not like you know playing lackluster because we all know that happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, like looking forward to these next like few games and see how the Kings bounce back. Hopefully, we can start a, a winning streak because it's been a minute since we've had a winning streak. Um, but yeah, excited to see um, what the Kings um, come together and how they play these next few games. Well, shout out to the Mavericks for actually doing what the Kings could not do, which is actually beat the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, granted, it took an 80-plus point effort from Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kyrie Irving to do so, but still, they were able to do what we couldn't do, so I think actually the Mavericks game is circled on my calendar, mm-hmm. uh, and I expect that to be great. And, and yeah, like Liz said, the Miami Heat, I am a coach Spo Mark, so it's just a pleasure to watch them play and, and see how their players just go above and beyond um, to play for him. And so I would like to see how we do against them. Um, they're always entertaining games. They were entertaining last year, um, and I expect no less this season. So let's sidestep to your top, and we're, we're going to change it. I said top three. Let's make it top two. Who are you? your top two big bosses? for the Kings, those teams that, and you could actually just go chalk and, and, and just go for like streaks uh, against us, but who are your big bosses for the Kings? Top two. I mean, I would say the New Orleans Pelicans and the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, those two teams, um, I mean, the New Orleans Pelicans, it, they're so strange to me because they, 
do what they do against us. And then they go and get like destroyed by the Los Angeles Lakers by like 40 something points. And then, you know, they're losing to certain other teams. And it's just like, man, how can we not get this team figured out? Like, I don't understand. Um, but the Los Angeles Clippers, I mean, they obviously struggled initially once they got that James Harden trade. Um, but since then, they've just been on an absolute tear. And then they're, you know, we're 0-2 against them this season. So I think I would say, uh, yeah, those are definitely the two big bosses. Yeah, I mean, the obvious is always, like, the Warriors. I think we only play them one more time, but who knows what happens, like, in the playoffs and if we're going to go play them. Um, and the second one is we just played them, Milwaukee. I think we have lost against Milwaukee, like, 14 straight times. Um, so it would be, I think, have they played us, um, at Golden One? No, right? We haven't played them yet. Um, but once we play them again, um, especially what happened last season, <laughs> I was actually at that game where there was like a bit of chippiness towards the end with Brooke Lopez and Trey Lyles. So, um, I know fans are, are going to have that in mind. Um, so hopefully we can actually, you know, come out and, um, you know, beat them and everything because we are definitely capable of beating the Bucks and hopefully break that uh, lo long losing streak as well. And yeah, beat the Warriors on what is it next week, I believe. So yeah, um, just taking care of business when we gotta and like you know proving to teams like we're not like I remember when CJ like the uh, Pelicans. I know we passed up on him <laughs> and Sacramento told we are not going to um draft him so he he says he plays like you know extra motivated when he plays in Sacramento so him like clowning um the Kings when they beat us by like god knows like what was it like 75 points or something like that like having teams like take us seriously like of course like last year was the first time we made the playoffs in a long time but like you know having teams come in there and like not fearing um the kings but more so like respecting them in a way and going like hey this isn't going to be an easy win this is going to be hard to play in this arena and everything and against this team so yeah just taking care of business when we have to and shout out to cj though for coming back from multiple collapsed yeah. lung injuries so uh good for him uh but yeah please stop killing the kings sir <laughs> please a final thing final segment uh for our studio version of the show i wanted to know what are your five top drive-through items under five dollars oh That's i mean good. is that even a thing anymore because i feel like everything's so dang expensive <laughs> <laughs> so true you know, the dollar menu isn't the dollar menu anymore <laughs> if we want to fudge a little and, and and push it up to six or seven i totally understand but again they have to be at that price point uh drive-through fast food um go for it yeah i would say uh i mean i don't eat out at fast food a lot i try not to i'm trying to be more healthy you know as you get older it's probably the better thing to do <laughs> um but i mean definitely you got to go with the taco you know the tacos from jack in the box uh those always hit because they're you know two for 99 cents um i think they still have like you know their uh normal like uh what is it this uh spicy chicken sandwich um is always good the spicy jack or whatever okay um, so that's two so are you just going down the, the jack in the box menu what? no 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 i have a couple i have a couple others uh the because i usually only eat at like two fast food places um carl's jr they have a good 
you know, burger over there. Um, what is it? The big. Oh, why can't I think of it right now? The Jumbo famous. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's a good burger. Which one? Um, the Western Combo. That's okay. a good one. And then Taco Bell, um, you know, their bean burritos, uh, you know, obviously always are good. Um, they actually have a, what is it, the spicy potato taco. I actually really like that. It's like a weird combination of having like a, like a tater tot basically in your taco. It's a weird thing, but it's actually pretty good. Um, and then I would say uh, their, um, just their normal crunchy tacos are always good as well. So those are my five. For sure. What was your second one after the 99 cent tacos? Uh, the, what is it? Why can't I think of it? The it's a jumbo jack. That's what it's called, jumbo jack. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, jumbo jack. All right, like, nice. see, you can tell I can't. I don't need that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, top five. Okay, this will be kind of hard. I think I have like four on my in my mind right now. But I usually, if I'm just like craving a snack or something, I'll get like fries from McDonald's. Um, and then um, their Oreo, which I think everybody would agree with, honestly. Yeah. my goodness hell yeah yeah usually that's what i get i'm like if i just want to like munch on something and then i also probably get like a mcflurry um an oreo mcflurry um burger king has these like hershey pies and it's like the only thing i eat if i go to a burger king they just have these nice hershey sunday pies that are just i don't know they just hit different when you get it um and then jack and box has like i think they're called like jalapeno poppers or something like that um, and yeah, I usually get those if I go to Jack in the Box. Um, and then in and out maybe like a milkshake I get from there. Um, or or their animal fries, actually. Let me change that. Animal fries, I usually get like their animal fries. I think that's five. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's an excellent list. I, I appreciate the fact that you went uh, more on the sweet side than the savory side. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, all yours are sweet. I'm like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's how I usually... I'm telling you now, my wife is going to give you uh, crazy props for that because well, <laughs> love it. That is, that's a dope list. Okay, so Liz took my number one, which was 99 cent tacos from from Jack. Mm. Those are just uh, incredible. Um, but I agree. But I, I can't take them. I can't say that because Liz took it. Uh, I will say the red beans and rice from Popeyes uh, has always been good. Uh, I granted, I haven't had this in in years but that used to be my go-to um, the Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich, of course uh, is always solid. Um, and then since we were talking about Taco Bell, I think their breakfast crunch wrap is legit to me anyways. And then uh, you said animal style fries from in and out. I would say just a regular burger or a double, double animal style is always excellent. Um, definitely a go-to. And then nobody mentioned Del Taco, man. And and I think their chicken soft tacos are elite. They really are to mm -hmm. me. Uh, so those are my five. That's a good list. I like that. I've never had Del Taco. So I don't know. What do you usually get when you go to Del Taco? Uh, they they have the uh, regular crunchy tacos too. Like, like mm -hmm. it just tastes just a little different. Um, you know, not to be a, a fast food connoisseur. Nobody wants to be a fast food, fast food <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just an alternative and um yeah. uh other people who indulge uh in being fat kids uh i know one person 
they get the hard tacos. Then they also get a side of nacho cheese sauce for dipping, which is or they call it queso now. And uh, mm. yeah, I'm indulgent. Fat oh, kids. speaking of like nacho, there's Taco Bell's does like a seasonal like nacho fries that I like occasionally. I'm not going to lie. Like when they have those out, I usually get one because I, I don't really go to Taco Bell. Like Liz said, I don't really eat out, like let alone like fast food. But like if I, I do see them like advertising the nacho fries, I'll probably get that. <laughs> but like shout out to In-N-Out for like keeping their prices low. Like they're like one of the few places and the few things um, that actually keep their prices low as everything else just you know, McDonald's dollar menu isn't even a dollar menu. It's like $4 for the McChicken that used to go for like 89 cents. So yeah, if y'all like grilled cheeses, try the grilled cheese at In-N-Out and get grilled onions on it. If you like grilled onions, because that, yeah. that That's, the grilled cheese at In-N-Out is like so good. Oh my God, it's so good. You ever get Flying Dutchman? No. It's just uh, hamburger patties. Uh, with grilled onions and and melted cheese. Interesting. And so you would Ooh. eat it with pork. And uh, yeah, it's just really good. And uh, you know, we're Asian. I got a our- four by four one time. I don't ever. I don't ever uh, condone. Don't ever. Wait, do what's that. a four by four? That sounds insane. Four, four it's meat. like four hamburger patties on the burger. It's like oh wow. Know. I'll never do that ever again. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, my blood pressure was probably way too high, and no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes less is more, right? Like, yeah, like a uh, the Western bacon at at Carl's Jr. It's like that's totally fine with me. But then when it becomes the double one, it's like uh, you know, I'm kind of just happy with the single patty. I don't know. Yeah, less I is do. more. And then I do want to shout out Jollibee. Uh, their adobo rice is is excellent. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, they're just there's not a lot of them. Um, there isn't, yeah. I know there's some in the Bay Area. There's one in, in Sacramento, I think, near the 99 on Florin, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly where it is daily. Wow. Oh, yeah. Dope. Um, That's good. It's like, I still remember. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely had to check because uh, I was telling my brother to go there. Um, so, yeah. I do want to give a shout out um, to Julie, uh, you know, from our Twitter, our spaces, our community. Um, she posted that she made like a bunch of bracelets oh, yeah, after our that. loss last That's night. Sweet. She needed something to cope. Um, so I will give a shout out to her. Those bracelets are freaking awesome. Yeah, I, those uh, I love so it. Nice. Um, we just have such an awesome, you know, group of fans and community. Uh, I love just how after every game, even after losses, um, we're all pretty rational. You know, no one, no one's arguing. No one's throwing their tantrums, things like that. Um, like you hear in some of these other, you know, spaces with some of these fans. So, yeah, I'm just I'm thankful for our, you know, little community and, uh, you know, the fans that we have, you know, along the ride with us. I, I think that's say- my favorite thing about like the community is like, for the most part, we're rational. Sometimes people get a little over the head, but like, it's just it's nice to hear like being reasonable in moments um, instead of like going crazy, like you said, Liz, some fans do. Yeah, the irrational Kings fan contingent—they're out there <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> you stay away from me. I, I, you know, I already know that. Um, they know how I roll. I don't have time for the toxicity. I, I really—it um, just doesn't help. You know, you're already feeling bad about uh, the loss, right? Then I don't want to hear some. Oh, you know, freaking Mike Brown. He should have been. It's like yeah. stay away from me. Or oh, we all knew it was going to happen because you know I just don't. 
that's not constructive to me. And, and as others have said, you know, you could criticize and all that, but if you can't uh, bring up a solution, the, then you can't say anything, right? Like, yeah, I won't tolerate any Mike Brown slander. That's crazy talk. At like, all. Excuse <laughs> like me. That, Never. That's crazy talk. Especially after, like, I mean, bringing us back to the playoffs and especially after last night. Like, this man literally <laughs> pulled out a whole laptop and was breaking down film <laughs> I, in his I, post I press conference. <laughs> so that he needs cool. a statue in front of Golden One already. Like That's, that's like moments in, moments in Sacramento history, truly, what he did last night. <laughs> Exactly. Oh yeah, and I love that you know for for two years in a row he has uh, like a, a national meme going. So last year it was turn the fucking sets on, and this year it's the laptop. Uh, He's unbeatable. He's great, um, and I agree with him. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. He's rational. He brought the receipts. Like, come on. I mean, he was taking he was taking that fine to the like yeah <laughs> biggest like, extension he could take it to because yeah, what he did. Um, I mean, he wasn't wrong. And and that's what's frustrating is, you know, I get it. They want to protect these refs to an extent. But, you know, players from, like, the media, they're, they're allowed all this criticism and people can say all the things they want about these players and their bums or whatever they want to say. But when it comes to the referees, I just – I find it so silly sometimes with the comments that these coaches make that they just can be fined because they criticize them. I'm like, why do they, why are they so protected from all this criticism when they've been awful? I mean, again, I get it to an extent, but it's like, uh, you know, if I'm at a regular job in my life and I'm not performing at that job, I'm probably going to be fired or I'm going to get criticized from my bosses that I'm not doing so well. So I feel like it's okay to, you know, criticize them to an extent um, but yeah, I, I'm happy that he did what he did last night, um, because he was not wrong by any means. And, you know, now everyone is, um, you know, going to be pulling a mic around. I mean, you know, uh, Steve Kerr already kind of, you know, poked a little fun at it and did the kind of in his pregame press conference. So I love it, you know, bring, uh, bring all the smoke with Mike Brown. Cause like, you know, he will, he will bat for the city. He loves it in Sacramento and he, and he's only going to do continue to do great things with his team. Absolutely. So are we, Liz, are you confident? What's your feeling? What's your temperature on this team uh, as far as uh, playoffs are concerned? I mean, I definitely, if if we're talking if the roster stays the same, um, I mean, I'm definitely confident uh, that this team, you know, probably could get out of the first round. The second round probably would be a little tough, um, but I definitely think they could get out of the first round. I think if they kind of start tightening up that rotation a little bit, um, you know, kind of figuring out some things. I, I do think they can get out of that first round. Um, but it all, again, you know, is going to depend on, you know, if they actually make a trade, um, you know, see what happens. But, I mean, if they don't make a trade, if Kevin Herter can, uh, you know, get his shot going just a little bit um, and kind of be more, you know, if Kevin Herter kind of like he was to start the season last year, um, I mean, that would just do wonders for this team. And, you know, I think it's kind of, you know, I've kind of noticed it's a trend with, you know, when like one person has a bad game, I feel like it kind of goes down. Like Monk has a bad game and then, you know, Fox is already having a bad game. So if you have both of those guys having a bad game, it's going to be really ugly because you can't have your six man of the year type of, you know, candidate coming off the bench having a bad game and your star, De'Aaron Fox, having a bad game as well. So I think it's all just going to gauge on that. But I'm confident that this team, um, you know, especially after the all-star break, 
you know, getting a rest as well. I think these guys need it. Um, getting that time off to just kind of mentally reset, physically reset, uh, will definitely do them wonders. Cause it did last year. I mean, look what they did, you know, after the all-star break and the trade deadline, you know, we only made that small move in, you know, the Walker, um, or Kessler Edwards thing. And, you know, then we went on the run that we did and made the playoffs for the first time. So I- I'm very confident with this team. I will say I would like to see Domas in crunch time to be a little more selfish. I know he's passed first. Uh, he's a pass first type of center, but I think he's good enough to look for his own shot. Uh, and we should run actions for him. I, I think his mid range is, is fairly reliable now. Uh, call me crazy. And I'm not saying, oh, he's a go-to person as far as self-creation uh, back to the basket, but facing the basket and, and maybe running something for him where he could just get a few feet of space and then he could just hit a little, you know, his little floater or little hook thing that he does. I'm down with it. It doesn't always have to be Monk and Fox. I, I just think that gets a little predictable. Yeah, I would like to see him also shoot maybe like two threes a game, two to three threes a game. If they're going to leave him that open, um, why not? You know, take a couple. He's probably going to hit one out of the two, maybe one out of the three. I'm okay with that. Um, but if they're going to give you that space, you know, I'm totally fine with him taking maybe a couple threes a game as well. So, yeah, he does need to be um, a little more selfish in that crunch time as well. I do agree. And he's going to have to, especially if we get Clint Capella, if that's actually a thing, then, yeah, um, he's going to have to spread the floor on the offensive end. And Clint Capella is going to be in the middle, right? Like, yeah, it is what it is. I, I mean, he only takes a few attempts a game or one attempt a game, is it? But he's shooting forty percent. So let's see how real that is. But all right, uh, I appreciate your time, y'all. Of course, always. Thank you all for listening. Uh, shout out to our subscribers uh, around the world. Um, subscribe, like, rate, review. It helps. Also, we're going to be opening up our our Discord and having more content there um, sooner than later. So join that, and, and we'll definitely put out the links. Follow us on Twitter as well. Thanks for listening. Good day, good night, and light the beam. Good night, y'all. Good night.